that. I wanna know what my live women are that. We gonna make your body feel wet. We gonna make your body say yeah. Everybody raise your hand real high. And let me see you won't put them up in the sky. Come on, making my niggas to say. Word up, and making you women to say. Baby, come on, bringing it to you with many ways. We making it, taking you people right through another phase. Come on, we rocking it, baby. That's how we dropping it, baby. There ain't no stopping it, baby. I know we driving you crazy, and then we hit the greatest of all time. No matter what you do, baby, we gon' shine, and you know we're gonna.
are live on a Wednesday. Welcome to the Tea with Mo, guys. I am your host, Miss Mo. Alongside me is my co-host, Sunny. Here at the Tea with Mo, we are all things tea. Our tea reduces stress, it provides nourishment, and it helps soothe your mind, body, and spirit. What a week it has been, Sunny. What a week. So I'm just going to get straight into it. What tea are you drinking on this week? If you're drinking any tea or you're drinking something stronger, what is the deal? Okay. Honestly, I need to be drinking something stronger. Like, you have no idea. But I did actually have tea today. And I just went with a traditional sweet tea. It was during my lunch. But unfortunately, the little children that were making the tea um, must have had an accident and dropped the entire 10-pound sugar bag into the pitcher because it was straight sugar. <laughs> and I added a whole entire <laughs> bottle of water to it, and it still tastes like straight sugar. Now, that is pretty funny because we already know we say, you know, sugar is not the way to drink your tea, but, you know, we get a pass because this week has just, this past two weeks has just been, oh, my goodness, it's been a week. I'm not drinking any tea this week. It is straight coffee for me. Um, I am drinking on my Krakatoa cinnamon hazelnut coffee because it's just been a long, long week. I've needed the extra energy um, to try to get some things done this week. And after the emergency we had on Sunday, which is why, Sippers, you guys did not hear us, it has just been incredibly long. So I needed something a little bit stronger than coffee. Um, and my choice of drink tonight, since we're recording after 6 o'clock, um, is some Maker's Mark and Do- uh, Dr. Pepper. That's, that's what's in my cup today. So I'm going to pretend that it's tea. I'm going to pretend that it is tea. Um, but we actually do uh, have a tea for the week. Actually, it was the tea for last week, but this week. So we're just going to run with it and go. Um, the tea for this week actually is sponsored by Royalty Consulting. They offer life coaching, business coaching, and credit repair, youth services, and um, different speaking engagements. Um, they are, their motto is, we are here for you. Contact them, guys, to get a free 30-minute consultation. Their website is www. So that's what this week that's who this week is sponsored by our tea. But this week's tea is actually um sage Arabic tea. I had this tea last week um while attending a business meeting at a hookah lounge and restaurant called Muse, which is located here in um the Houston area. It's located in Sugarland, Texas. Now sage Arabic tea is usually served after a meal. Um, to aid in digestion and to alleviate gas and heartburn. Um, It's got a very distinct flavor. Um, It's brewed without the black teeth, non-caffeinated, which is really good. Um, It's actually homegrown. So it's grown um, there, of course, um, overseas. It's dried sage leaves, um, which is actually considered really good for if you're making this type of tea. Um, They put mint leaves in it. So it was really refreshing. It was a very, I went like around 3 p.m. So it was a very light tea. So shout out to um, Muse Hookah and Restaurant and Lounge. It's all the above. 
Um, they're located in Sugarland, Texas. You guys can actually check them out after this, um, after the show. I'm going to post uh, the tea and their address and their tag their page. You guys go like all of their pictures, like all the comments and everything on there. So that's what our tea is for this week. It was really good though. It was very refreshing. Um, if you don't like black, if you, if you don't like, uh, like a dark, um, like Earl Grey type of tea, I don't think our sippers would like this, this type of tea. Um, even with the mint in it, it's just, I put some honey in it, but it's still just a very dark, heavy tea. Um, so not, not a fruity. I chose a not fruity one. I realized that we've been doing so many, like all of our teas are fruity. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something for the people out there who don't like, um, you know, fruit tea. So next couple of weeks, we will have some different choices in our teas uh, out there for you strong, strong tea lovers. So how has your weekend there in North Carolina? It's been, um, uh, what, we've, we're two weeks out since we did, since we've talked to the sippers and talked to everybody. So how have you been? I'm great. Um, weather was beautiful this weekend, so lots and lots of outside time um, for Little Miss, and she is, of course, our spokesperson for the Tea with Mo, so there was lots of tea time, lots of tea parties, and she just had a blast, and I'm just enjoying the nice weather while we have it. Well... It has definitely been a long two weeks for me. I have got some things in the works. We've got a lot of things. If our sippers didn't check out, we've got our youth program that we are doing with Royalty Youth um, Prevention Program. So you guys can check out check that out on our Facebook and on our Instagram. We will have more details about that later. We're super excited because this is an entrepreneurship program. And I've been working. I, I, I feel like I have been working nonstop. Um, my sister came to visit. We went to the beach. That was nice. The water was not too, too bad for November. So that was nice to, uh, stick my feet in. Didn't get all the way in because it was, I mean, it was colder for the normal, but, um, then, um, you know, at the end of the final sip, I'm going to, we're going to do a, a little bit of get it off your chest. We're going to, we're going to flip it. Um, cause I've got some stuff this week that I'm just like, ugh. So we'll save that for the end. Instead of doing the product of the week, we're going to do get it off your chest because I've got something to say. Uh, we do want to say congratulations. Oh, my gosh. We have had such a long two weeks. It is over. We have a new president-elect, President Biden, and a new president, VP president, uh, VP uh, Kamala Harris. So Congratulations to the both of them. First black woman, first black VP, first black woman, first woman VP, first Asian VP, woman VP. She's just checking pretty much all these all boxes. boxes. And I'm so here for it. You know, I, I definitely, she def, depending on how this, the next four years goes, she uh, might have my vote, uh, you know, if she decides to ever run for a president, but I am super excited about that. You guys know our last show was called Election Blues, and we talked about election anxiety and how stressed out we actually were about it. And I must say, it definitely was a long week, um, a week and a half or however long it took for them to count. Shout out to uh, Stacey Abrams as well. What a what an awesome, 
awesome, awesome woman future. We need to watch her in the future because she might make a great president or vice president in the future. Um, shout out to Georgia too. What a way to what a way to flip it and to come back and to really show um, support and show that we're tired and we want change. So. Um, I did have a little, I had a new soundbite that I thought that you would actually love. Um, of course, it was going to be last week, and it was a little bit more relevant, but this is so appropriate. So this is the shout out. This goes out to y'all's president, uh, 45. This one's out to you. I just have one thing to say. Hang on here. about the free meal. It's about the honor and the and the respect, you know, at the end of the day. 
But thank you all for inviting me. You are so welcome, and happy Veterans Day, and thank you so much for your service. We definitely have to start with that. So, Reggie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell our sippers a little bit about yourself, if you don't Okay, I'll keep it basic. No problem. So, um, just to start off in the beginning, after high school, uh, um, I actually had a daughter, and I wanted to find a means to help take care of her, so I decided to join the military. Um, I joined the Army. Um, I was an airborne trooper, um, parachutist. Um, I was in for three years. Uh, while I was in, I've been to um, Korea, Japan, um, various spots in the United States, uh, Virginia, California, Georgia. And um, I uh, was part of the, the, the Battalion Color Guard. Um, I was part of the SALT team. That was part of my platoon. And I've also did... Uh, various other type of missions as well as participated in all of the sports on base. It was a nice little run. And then I decided to go ahead and get out and help with my siblings because of a family emergency. So that's what kind of had me get out and come on home and help out. And then I decided to go to school. Um, I went to college in Virginia, um, technical school, ICT technical. Got my degree in electronics um, back in 2000, and I kind of been bouncing around a little bit. Um, I had another child who's here with me now, five-year-old, name is Journey Parker. She is a um, handful, but, you know, I can handle it. And now I'm currently living in North Carolina as well, um, part of the, um, the pharmaceutical market out here. I, I work in pharmaceuticals and um i'm enjoying my time here well that is awesome and again uh, i I can't stop saying it enough um for your service because that's such a huge impact i think a lot of um i can even say we both sunny and i both come from military families um my my mother and my father and pretty much everyone in my all my aunts except one served um, in the army. So um, I definitely think that the, the idea of joining the armed forces, you know, to better, um, to better your situation is a huge, um, I think that that, that's a, that is a running um, concept. I know my, my father joined also because um, he was trying to make a better life and support uh, his family. So Shout out to you. Shout out to all shout out to all the men and women who who take that dive and who make that commitment because it's a huge commitment, it's a lifelong commitment. So Yeah, thank you too. So let's get straight into um our first question, which I believe Sunny has for us. All right. So our first question is Um, what are some of the advantages going into the military? All right, that's a very good question. Um, one of the first major advantages and one of the reasons I joined was to take advantage of the uh, Montgomery. At the time, it was the Montgomery GI Bill. Um, I always had ambitions of going to school, so um, 
I come from a background where we didn't have the means at all times. Um, I was raised in a single mother home. My mother was married, but they were separated for years. So I knew I wanted to go to some type of school, and the military would not only help my family, but help me into getting into um, school, um, and they could take care of my finances. That's one of the advantages. Also, um, taking advantage of uh, being able to buy a home afterwards um, through the VA uh, program, the, the VA loan, as a lot of people refer to it as. They make sure that you get a great deal on your on your house, that you're not getting ripped off, and that you're getting the best interest rate possible whenever you're looking for a home. And um, those two alone are great as far as building a family and establishing, you know, some type of foundation. And it sets your other kids up for whenever they actually transition into adulthood. They have a stronger foundation than I had growing up. They have it a whole lot easier than I did. Um, as well as the military discounts that we get uh, throughout uh, the various uh, retail and other type of businesses. Uh, they like to honor the fact that we served and they offer up to 20 to 25% off certain things. That's a benefit. And um, the major um, advantages of joining, as well as you establish a lot of discipline and you can put up with a uh, you get like a stronger nerve. You can put up with a lot of like kids and and um, employers that may kind of be on you. You kind of just brush it off and keep on keep on trucking. So I think those are the major advantages of joining. I agree with you. I I do kind of miss those discounts when I, I have my ID card. Oh yeah. But um, so on the flip side, what would be some of the disadvantages or the or difficulty of being in the military that we might not think that, you know, might be difficult on the outside looking in? Okay, that's another great question. Um, one of the, ma- the major difficulties is that um, you have people like um, like myself that um, had never left the city. Um, I was living in. Portsmouth, Virginia, which is adjacent to Norfolk. And um, a lot of people get homesick. Um, they had never been from home. They had just, I was fresh out of high school. I was 18. And I had a child. Um, I had a child's mother that was very demanding. And I had siblings that looked up to me because I was the oldest on both sides of my family. So you miss your family. Um, while I was at boot camp, I had a few deaths that happened, and I wasn't able to attend a funeral. And um, those are some of the small things that people don't know about. You know, you, you're in training. Um, you know, you're becoming a soldier, becoming a young man, and you miss your family. You had never been away from home, and all of a sudden, boom, you're gone for like four months out of your life, away from everything. It wasn't any cell phones back then. It was just a pay phone that we only got to use twice. And out of that, um, missing my family was a major, major part. Um, On the the inside of that, the end, I should say, while you're in, um, you – there's a lot of secret missions and a lot of things that you can't discuss outside of the military. Um, for one, people wouldn't understand. For two, 
it's it's kind of you see a lot of things that that kind of affects you through life. Like you see death, and you see wounded soldiers, and you know you may see somebody that, that's missing a um, a limb, arm, leg, eye, and it just sticks with you because that's part of the job. And you know you never know at any time you can get deployed. So that's one thing that um, a lot of people don't think about when they're joining. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a, a financial gain when, in fact, you still have to provide a service and protect your country. That's true. A lot of people have, I think they kind of have a little bit of a misconception about it in that aspect. So where it does put you, have the ability to put you in a better position financially because I know my extended family definitely on more than one occasion has said that, oh, I just thought y'all made all this money. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> right. And um, I, I actually know some some military personnel that uh, their wives was receiving um, TANF and food stamps. Um, when you first join, you don't make a lot of money. It's just um, it seems that way because of the – because of your title, but um, you really doesn't get don't get paid a lot until like your tenth year. That's when the a, a decent amount of money starts coming in. Right, and then plus, you know, when you add the fact of how some people, I know that we did um, a a few times when you live in base housing and things like that. They kind of just look at, oh, well, you have this big you know, house or this nice place to stay and, like, you just have all this money. And that's just not how it works because, yes, we also had um, – we didn't have to be on TANF, but we were on WIC. So right. it's a challenge. Totally understand. We were on all of the above <laughs> before I joined. So I, I, I get it 100%. So what are some – what if you could say – three things that were positive about your experience with the military, what would those three things be? Okay. Um, one of the positive things is that you meet lifetime friends. Um, you have friends that, that they call it a, a brothers in arms that you serve with. Cause not only do you work with these guys, you return back to the barracks with them as well. So they're like family, you know, you wake up with them, you do PT then you go eat with them, then you go to work with them, and then you come back to the barracks. So they're like your actual real brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts that mentor you and teach you a lot. So that's one of the um, positive things. Another would be um, they pretty much turn you from a boy to a man over the course of your boot camp. Um, They like to call it basic training now. They used to call it boot camp. And you learn how to take care of yourself. And um, that's one thing that a teenager really depends on their parents for, you know, washing their clothes and, you know, taking care of themselves if they get hurt or, you know, just learn how to pay bills and all of the above. And the military will have classes for all of that, and they'll show you how to take care of yourself and your family, and they'll give you the basic foundation. And the, the last positive thing I, I, I gained from it was um, just having a little bit of uh, freedom out of home and not depending on your parents at all. So, you know, a lot of kids go to college, and they're constantly calling home asking for money. 
Mom, I need money. Mom, I need uh, this for school. I need that. I need this. Well, in the military, not only did I take college classes while I was in, but when I transitioned, I already had college credit, and I didn't need any help from anybody. Um, Everything I did was on my own, and they kind of taught me to just depend on myself and to have the ability to solve problems and overcome any obstacle that may be put in front of you. You know, they tell you, you know, there is no obstacle. You just go either around it or through it. So let's take a quick music break, and then when we come back, we're going to get some more tea from Reggie, and then we're going to really talk about the the topic of the night, which is, has America failed our servicemen and women? And we're going to get that tea, so we'll be right back, guys. Up in your room once again, tempted Bad for me, it's the truth, but I can't miss this Don't tell my friends that I'm here to visit Don't tell my friends that I'm here Mm-hmm. Yeah. Waiting for you even how you treat me You're my baby even when you leave me Maybe I'm the one to blame Maybe I'm the cause of the pain Waiting for you even how you treat me You're my baby even when you leave me Maybe I'm the problem and the one that's causing all of this I can't say I love you no more Cause my friends gon' judge me for sure I can't say I love you no more Cause my friends gon' judge me for sure It took some time but I realized You do me wrong but it feels right Feels like I'm stuck on you For me, I'm a fool, but I can't end it Far from love, but I'm stuck Staying while you kiss me, saying that you miss me Hate it when you take me Waiting for you, even how you treat me You're my baby, even when you leave me Maybe I'm the one to blame Maybe I'm the cause of the pain Waiting for you, even how you treat me You're my baby, even when you leave me Maybe I'm the problem and the one that's causing all of this I can't say I love you no more Cause my friends gon' judge me for sure It took some time but I realized You do me wrong but it feels right I can't say I love you no more
Cause my friends gon' judge me for sure It took some time but I realized You do me wrong but it feels right Feels like I'm stuck on And we are back. I love that song. I just uh, puts you in a mood. All right, guys. Again, if you are just tuning in, this is the Tea with Mo. We have Army veteran specialist Reggie on the line with us. And we are talking all things veterans today. Um, Again, shout out to all of our veterans that have passed, that are here. Shout out to all our existing servicemen and women um, especially those who are actually deployed away from their families or that are getting ready to be deployed. Um, shout out to them. Special shout out to um, my family. I do. I want to shout out to my aunt um, who actually retired from the Army 32 years of service, um, to Wanda Young. So shout out to her. Thank you so much for your service um, and that sacrifice. So I want to talk a little bit about the sacrifice that our veterans and that our servicemen and women have to go through. Um, Reggie, can you tell us a little bit about that from your experience and from what you've seen um, from your fellow servicemen and women? Sure. Um, Major sacrifice that I've seen, especially when I was in, I I actually was stationed in Korea. Um, I did a year and a half over um, overseas and that alone is a major sacrifice um, mainly because um, you're away you have to do a year away from your family and that can be harsh on a marriage I've seen at least um, it was a small percentage but I've seen a small percentage of soldiers actually lose their wife um, for their spouses it was some females as well um, lose their family and um once again, you know, we're uh, miles away from home, and you're not able to see them. Just And back then, it wasn't no video calls or anything like that. You just had to call through payphone. So that was major a major sacrifice that I did. I, I left my kids, and I wasn't able to watch them grow up. I wasn't able to go with them to their first day of school and things of that nature. But um, that alone is the biggest sacrifice that a soldier takes is being away from their family and not knowing what's going on at home. Um, Someone could be bothering them. Um, Your wife could be having some type of emotional thing going on. You never really know. Yeah, I I definitely think that um, it is, it's a huge commitment. It's a huge sacrifice um, that, that our servicemen and women make. Um, having to be deployed and having to um, be away from their families. And um, I definitely can say that, like, there were times um, my my dad had to be away from from my family and, you know, missing out on moments. And as a kid, not really understanding, like, man, like, you know, why is my dad gone? As an adult, you know, I can see, I see the, uh, I can see it now. Um, But I I think it's it's a huge sacrifice that they make, being away from the families, even if you are not deployed and having to be, you know, stationed away from your family or having to, you know, go TDY or having to take different courses. Um, and, you know, even from joining and being in basic and, and, and the amount of time that it takes. And I think that it's, it's such a commitment and it is a beautiful, um, 
part of someone who's actually able to um, to do that. I mean, it, it takes a special type of it takes special a special type of person um, to actually, I think, be in the armed forces um, and and take that time away. So again, we're going to keep saying it. Congrats, you know, thank you to you, thank you to all of our servicemen and women, past and present. Um, for that commitment and for that sacrifice, because it's such a, a and I thank you. And, I, and I'm gonna tell you I, one thing too. Um, one thing that um, a lot of uh, people don't know is that the support we get from home, whether we're up the street or whether we're all the way in a foreign country, helps out the most out of everything: um, calls, letters, um, packages. Small things like that just let you know that somebody's thinking about you at home because you also have soldiers there that don't have any family, and the military becomes their family. So um, big salute out to all the soldiers right now that's overseas that's not able to, that doesn't have anybody home. Those be the ones that, that suffer the, the most, um, that people don't know about. So I just wanted to, um, to add that part also. Um, we all talk about family a lot. Some people don't have a family. They join the military to get a better way, and they don't have any support. And that support helps out tremendously. So, guys, if you're sippers out there, if you guys are thinking about, you know, some of the ways that you can give back during this holiday time, you know, we think about um, locally doing, you know, Salvation Army. We think about doing, uh, you know, Goodwill and places like that. And shout out to the Salvation Army because I do know the Salvation Army has a huge um, division where they actually send care packages and they're very um, strong in in sending those care packages and things that the servicemen and women need out, um, especially during the holiday time. But some of some different organizations that you guys can actually reach out to if you're trying to figure out something to support or a way to give back this season, this holiday season, I definitely would encourage you guys to visit um, joshuaharrisshane.org, which is J-O-S-H-U-A-H-A-R-R-S-H-A-N-E.org. They actually send out care packages. Um, You can either donate um, different things that you need, or you can contact them and ask them, what do they need? What are some of the different items that they're lacking that they send in the care packages? Because you're right, there are a lot of servicemen and women who don't have families. Um, or whose families, you know, especially during this time right now, during COVID, who are not able to send out those care packages and who are not able to send extra funds and things like that to them. So I definitely encourage you guys to reach out to them. There's also um, one that I've actually taken part of, which is www.operationturbo.org. Um, I've donated to them and they are reputable. Both of those are reputable um, organizations that you can go to um to look at and to figure out different ways to send. Um, so I think that that's a great point. Um, that's something that's needed. I mean, we're asking the question, how, how, how has America failed our servicemen and women? Um, but we're also talking about what can we do? We want to be proactive in what we can do to change that and change that narrative. Um, so, uh, Dang it, I almost made it. Y'all, I almost made it. Sunny, I almost made it. I did it. I corrected myself, though. I almost made it by saying your real name. Lord, I'm going to get it right (laughs) one day. So let's go into one more question for Reggie before we really um, ask our topic question. Um, Okay. So do you feel 
that there is a difference in the services that are provided for active duty members versus what is provided for the vets. Oh, my God. That is a great, great, great question. Um, I can go on with this, but uh, I'm going to keep it short. Um, Okay. For one, um, going back to the original topic of this this interview, of how America has, I I believe you said, has failed the service members and Mm -hmm. also have helped um, veterans. The homelessness of veterans is ridiculous. It's through the roof. I can't give you a percentage off back right now, but um, I used to work um, right behind a shelter in my city, Portsmouth, and um, I'm going to say at least 80% were veterans, some even retired, that was fighting to get disability or that was fighting to get some type of help or that has lost limbs or that has – had PTSD, but it wasn't called PTSD back then. Maybe it was called a shell shock and other uh, words that can't get any help. They're turned away because they're homeless or or they may be judged because of their condition. And the government kind of turns their back on them. Um, Now, it's not all of them, but it's a large, extremely large number. And that's one thing that that needs to be addressed. Um, A lot of uh, elected uh, like uh, people in the government kind of overlook this subject, but homeless v- veterans make up a, a large amount of the homeless population. That they go join the service, um, go through war, um, get hurt or seen so much that they get out, and then they have nothing to come to. Um, all they do is give you a last check. You know, people think that it's a transition. They get out and they get paid. No, the military is like a regular job. So once you decide to get out, uh, you do all your paperwork, and then they send you on your merry way. Thank you very much. Have a good day. And uh, there's no more money coming in. And a lot of times these soldiers don't have anywhere to go. So um, I think that will be um, a major, major thing um, that the government needs to look at. Um, And you can ask a lot – you can go to any homeless shelter and ask who's proud military, and you'll see a lot of hands raised. And that's a very, very important subject, opposed to the soldiers that are serving. The soldiers that are serving are treated quite well. Because um, not only is it a job, they also provide services like uh, free I- income tax prep. Um, they have uh, child care. Uh, they also have a lot of wives that work you know, that are also the wives and or spouses of the, the families that do services like tutor, um, help out other students. Um, if they having any other issues with, um, like, learning how to drive or anything like that as well. So it has thousands of advantages by being in opposed to being out. Because when you're out, you're out. You, you look like you looked at as just a member that, decided to get out and like, okay, you serve time, salute, but that's it. Unless you, unless they approve your disability. If they approve it, you do get at least compensated, but um, it's never, never the same as when you were in. Because when you're in, you're treated just like a, a newborn child opposed to a full-grown adult that's getting kicked out of the house. 
So there are over 17 point in as of right as of right now. You guys can fact check me later, but there are in 2020 there are over 17.4 million veterans that are in the United States. That makes up over seven percent of the population um, in the United States. It might be a little bit more now. Um, and to that number, um, there are over thousand veterans who are experiencing homelessness um, in right. the United States. That is a huge number. I feel that, um, in my opinion, I feel that that's such a disgrace. Anytime I see um, someone with a sign, whether if it's true or not, um, you know, saying that they are they are they are a veteran um, and they are homeless, and or if they are in need of things, I think that is absolutely ridiculous. I feel that if you have taken the time, no matter how long you have served this country, if you make the decision to go and defend this country as a service, um, as a serviceman or woman, that you are absolutely, absolutely entitled for that country that you have defended to, um, to take care of you and to not, not to take care of you, but to provide resources for you to be able to transition and to be able to live and for your family to be able to live. Um, There are a couple of different organizations that uh, I believe that are out there that are, that do help. Of course, you've got hope for warriors, the Fisher house foundation. Um, You also have taps, which is the tragedy assistance program for um, survivors of, um, of war. Um, you also have, of course, the Vietnam Veterans of America, which, you know, is kind of not applicable to our current servicemen and women. Um, and it's, it, it kind of sucks because it's like, if you're homeless, you can't take advantage of the things like the GI Bill or, you know, being able to do your VA loans. Um, I think we can, I mean, we can go into so many different aspects of that. And I think one aspect too is that I hear from um, a lot of servicemen and women now is the lack of support when it comes to medical, Um, the amount of time that it takes for the VA to actually process um, claims for, you know, people who are dealing with PTSD or who are dealing with missing limbs or just overall healthcare itself for our veterans. I think all of those things have to be revamped. I think that's probably one of the biggest complaints. Um, and Reggie, you can confirm or deny that that dealing with the VA is such is is such a difficult process um, for um, for a lot of our yes, veterans um, out there. Yes, uh, you, you, you said it best. Um, I work with um, a lot of veterans here and at my last job, and you got to remember, um, right there in Norfolk, which is adjacent to my city, we have the largest naval base in the world. So I'm around service members and veterans a lot because a lot of people decide to get out the service and stay in the same city that they were stationed in. And Virginia is like a is, – is, is, is full with everybody there, you know. So with that being said um, – I'm not sure if you guys remember this, but the VA was having a scandal about maybe, I'm going to say back in 2000 and between 2006 and up, um, they had a scandal where they were just turning down everybody. And the health care was horrible. So they did an investigation. And I'm going to say, I don't remember the percentage, but a large percentage of the people were let go 
and a lot of people in management were actually fired because they were treating the soldiers horrible, and they were, the health care was terrible. They were turning a lot of people away, and this was an actual benefit that we deserve, especially if you was wounded and or hurt while you were in service, um, that they were denying folks. So I'm glad that they uncovered that scandal, which actually helped me because I'm actually uh, um, I actually get disability myself through injury that I occurred while I was in. And even though I got my disability, it took me four years to get it. Uh, I have all the paperwork. I have all of my medical paperwork. Um, Everything is filed electronically now. And um, I have proof of my injury, but I had to prove to VA that the injury affected my life. And it's a shame that, you know, I have the paperwork to prove that I actually got injured. And so now I have to prove that it affects my everyday life. And we're getting older, and injuries tend to come sneaking back around the older you get. So I just hope that um, that they fix that system because uh, it doesn't take much to, to give somebody some, some health care or, or to provide them with somewhere to stay or maybe even a hot meal. I see a lot of homeless veterans go hungry, and that's their biggest complaint. They're hungry, and they don't have anywhere to go. So we're, you know, honestly, we're already talking about the topic. We're all, we've already talked. We're already talking about how America and how our our system has, as a nation, we've failed our veterans. I think one of the thing, two of the things we've talked about is the mental health side of it. Um, we 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 don't we don't provide enough support mentally for our servicemen and women. I think that also goes into when they are trans when you are actually in the service and transitioning out into what we what they call civilian life. Um, and preparing those families and preparing them for those, for for life after the military, you know, and offering those services. Two, we've talked about the homelessness and, and how there are way too many homeless vets out there. And that I think we are all in agreement that it's absolutely ridiculous that we have any veterans um, that are, that are, um, that are homeless um, or or suffering or having to deal with healthcare. We, three, we've talked about healthcare and the fact that the accessibility to healthcare for our veterans is something that needs to be revamped. Um, I do want to say there are five ways that there that that you can show quick, for, uh, well, not quick, but that we can show appreciation and help for our veterans year round. Um, I'm not sure if people know that. Visiting memorial parks um, and and patronizing memorial parks and patronizing different programs and different organizations that give back to our our vets that that cater to some of these programs and fund some of these programs. Um, another way we can do is we can volunteer our time. We can go volunteer at places like calling your local VA or even calling. Um, your local, you can even call your, your, your local army recruiting station and ask them, you know, what are some ways that we can, that I can volunteer my time? Um, actually volunteering like programs like Meals on Wheels, um, finding a program that locally or an organization within your city or area that, that caters to our vets, um, you know, even volunteering at your local food bank if they have programs specifically for veterans. Um, I think that volunteering and giving our time back is something great. You can even volunteer to take, um, uh, you know, if you've got a local veteran who 
needs to be driven. I mean, again, all, all COVID, some of these programs or some of these ideas may not be applicable because of COVID, um, but even taking the time to drive someone to a, a VA appointment. Um, also, create, like we said, creating those care packages. It takes nothing to go to Walmart and pick up a pack of socks and pick up a pack of, you know, canned goods and some of the different things that they would need um, in the packages and, 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 and dropping, dropping them off at your local programs. There are so many different organizations out there that are needing funding and, and not just your money, but your time and effort, I believe. Um, even programs like um, Habitat for Humanity and, and, and helping rebuild some of these homes and helping build homes for our veterans. So the excuse that we have as a nation that we don't support our veterans or we don't know how is, is no longer, no longer um, acceptable. It's not acceptable for us not to support our veterans. Um, and even simple things like today, if you did not take the time to maybe pay for someone's lunch or say thank you to someone um, that you see that has a veteran's hat on or whatever it is, you those are simple things that we can do. We can do that on a daily basis. I have spent all day texting everyone. Um, first thing in the morning, I sent out a text message to all my family members that have been um, serving and said thank you. All my friends to say thank you. Um, we can do something. Um, even taking the time to sit down and just talk to some of our veterans and, and talking to them and, and carrying on the memory of that, I think that we can do more. We definitely have, we have to do more. Um, I, I, I do, I used to run um, Lackland and Vance Jackson. Um, I was a government contractor and I ran um, the Operation Iraq, which was where we connected family families with their service members who were deployed. Um, and even in that, that was such a huge thing. It, it was heartbreaking hearing, you know, some of the conversations and saying, hey, you only have this amount of time. So there's so many different ways and so many different things that we can do. We just have to do it. Um, I do think on a national level, changing the administration, that was this, that was probably the biggest thing that we could have done um, to help change this narrative of us failing our veterans, because I will say my answer to the question is yes. Has America failed our veterans? Yes. Um, we have. We have. There are other countries who their veterans are are taken care of. Um, we we take care of our criminals better than we do our veterans, and that's a problem. That that is a yeah. huge problem when we don't have a program programs that are for rehabilitation. Um, even especially for those who suffer from PTSD. Um, I think that that's such a huge thing. The suicide rate of our veterans um, and of our servicemen and women are astronomical and it's ridiculous. It is it's absolutely ridiculous that they don't have the support that they need. Um, and I think it's an well, important Well, and I think that's because I think our country just kind of looks at people as being disposable. I mean, you know, we can go and look at this topic that we're on right now when it comes to our veterans and our servicemen and women and then even broaden the scope to COVID. Look at how many people they're willing to sacrifice to dispose of 
without doing something like, hey, we need to fix this problem and not just put a Band-Aid on it and watch it bleed. Oh, that's a mouthful right there. That is a huge mouthful right there. Um, one one thing that I think is a good way also, um, we've talked about um, our wounded veterans. Um, and I don't know if people realize, although there are not as many people deploying, but people are still being deployed. Um, I have a friend who is being deployed in December. This is his seventh time in I want to say four years where he's being deployed. Um, And I feel like we definitely have to do more to support. And I think a good way is visiting um, our wounded vets in nearby VA facilities. Again, this may be different because it's COVID. There may be different regulations, but once COVID is settled in, in, in everything, this is that's, I think that's, that's a good way also that we could change that narrative. Um, what are some other ways you guys think that we could possibly change this narrative? I'm sorry, can you repeat that one more time? Just, so what are some other ways do you feel that we can change the narrative of us failing our servicemen and women? Well, I mean, that, that, that we can change it? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Well, mainly, um, you mean the, the veterans or the, the current um, service members? No, our veteran. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, I'd say that the best thing I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you like this: um, something as simple as talking and listening to a veteran and asking them about their service. A lot of people, um, even some of my friends and family members, say, "Oh, Happy Veterans Day." I'm like, "Do you even know what I did when I was in?" No. Did you? What you used to do? And, you know, I, I explained to people, hey, you know, I was airborne. I used to jump out of airplanes. I used to take and uh, do airborne missions and deliver food uh, via airplane drop. Oh, really? And these people I've been knowing or family members that I've been knowing my whole life, and I'm 40 years old plus. So take the time to talk to your vets um, as far as, uh, you know, just giving them a little bit of ease. You know, because we love to share our stories, talk to them especially the older ones, that's all they really want, you know, to be acknowledged, um, to be, you know, the questions do help um, as far as anything else. Um, You know, a a lot of the veterans, they are, I'm going to speak for the ones that I knew that weren't doing as well. Um, They do need a helping hand sometimes and just be patient with them because, um, I shared a story with, I mean, um, I watched a documentary. People have to really think about this. Um, these people are trained killers. And I hope, you, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, scare anybody or anything, but that's what they do. They train us to kill. And then they release us into society and like, okay, now you have to be good and go to work and come home and take care of you. And it doesn't work like that. And there's no programs to transit. Well, it may be now. I haven't been in in a few years, but there wasn't any programs that would transition people from being, okay, my mission is to seek and kill, to, okay, now I have to go to work and say hi to everybody and 
and uh, you know everybody's your friend, even the people that's in your face talking trash to you all day. When I just come from an environment where every three seconds somebody's getting blown up or shot or has the ability to die, and my job is to kill somebody doing that. So um, if they had some type of program that would do that, that would be awesome. Um, I have two brothers on my father's side that both served, and one was a military police. And he actually had to shoot and kill people and then transition out the military and just be a regular old working class citizen. And he said it was hard as hell, you know, and then we have to change our vocabulary and we have to be more mindful of the folks that are around us. So, um, like I said, it's endless amounts of things that we can do to help these guys. But I, I guess you can start at, you know, step one, just, um, Try to end, you know, try to help with their mental health, health, and end homelessness and, and hungerness. I, I definitely agree. have to agree with that because in the short time I worked in dialysis, I did come across quite a few vets, and you're right. All they want to do is talk, but I feel like that could be a great starting point to addressing a lot of what's going on with their mental health um, because, well, I guess generally, you know, they, because they have to keep some stuff classified and they can't share and divulge, might have a tendency to bottle a lot of stuff up and make themselves seem like they're okay when they're really not. And then by the time that they are getting help, it's it's at a very, they're at a very critical point. So I think just if there's a way to provide more services where they do have that freedom, that liberty to do that, it could help on right. the front end. Absolutely. And, and um, just like, for example, if you're a drug addict, they have programs out the wazoo to transition you to becoming sober. Even they have uh, synthetic drugs to kind of ease you away from a heavy addiction. But when you're out in the field and you're hunting down people and you're shooting down, you know, shooting big guns at other uh, vehicles and whatnot, there's no transition. It's like, oh, okay, you want to get out? Okay, Uh, your last day will be the end of June and have a great day. Appreciate it. And that's it. So then when somebody bothers you out in the street, your first instinct is to hurt them. But you can't do that. And there's, and like I said, that there's no program to kind of ease you into civilian life. I, I think, and I, I definitely agree with both of you. I, um, there, and there might be, you know, there might be programs that they are that are available for in that transition process. But I feel that it's. It, again, it, it's sad that we have, you know, like you said, we have a lot of drug rehabilitation programs. But where are these programs for for our vets? Where are these programs for our vets who um, um, there's? I, I want. I want to see those programs. And we just had a, a, a tip back that we've got a lot of feedback on the line. Um, so if we're moving, and it probably was me 
pulling this vinyl off of uh, <laughs> off of the sheet. So, um, but back to my point is that I, I think that it we need more programs like that, and I'm hoping with this new administration um, and future administrations that we get that support. Um, we don't really have much of a say in you know the military backings and the military workings on who's uh, who's in charge of you know the VAs and things like that. So I'm hoping going forward that this administration is paying attention to that. Um, I don't even think I heard anything from either from either side on what the future plans are for our veterans and for our military service men and women um, who are transitioning into civilian life. Uh, I think that that's probably a running, again, that's a running complaint um, from from a lot of servicemen and women coming out that the transitional process is like, what do I do now? I mean, there are programs like GS, like the GS programs, um, you know, where they, where they can get the government jobs and resources for that. So I don't think that there's no programs. I just don't think overall we, those programs have been um, efficient enough to say that, yes, we, we do well with our veterans. Um and it's, a, it's, it's definitely a shame. But, guys, we're going to put a pause in this, and we're going to take a music break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk some more. Um, we'll talk a, a few more points on this topic because, again, it's so important. Um, and, again, we're going to continue to say it. Thank you to all of our servicemen and women out there. We will be right back. And, again, before we take that break, before I forget, if you guys have anything to say, please um, call us at 563-999-3028. We would love to hear your opinion on it. Press one to share your tea. We shall be right back. Short of a disaster. Oh, 
All right, guys, and we are back. So, um, again, if you guys are just tuning in, you're a little late, but that's all right. But we are talking the topic Veterans Remix. We are talking the topic of how has America failed and supported our servicemen and women. Um, I'm not sure we've talked about much of how they have supported our our servicemen and women. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that about that that um let's go down that rabbit hole. Um, I do feel that there are, there are a lot of programs um, that are accessible to our servicemen and women. Um, again, some people take advantage of it and some don't. So I don't want to just be completely negative about the, about the topic because we have to look at both sides of it. Um, however, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know the big transition of that. Um, I mean, well, there are, you've got things like TRICARE um, Prime or TRICARE, I think I'm saying it's, it's probably not TRICARE Prime, but I know it's TRICARE um, where there's a good transition of the actual, um, you know, that help families or that are transitioning with families. So, Reggie, what would you say are some good some good points, I guess, or some good points that you've experienced from being um, out now. Okay. Um, I'd say um, a major one is even my current situation. Um, It was a company called Orion International. Um, What they do is not only hire vets, but they place veterans into job situations. And, um, just based off of our basic credentials of uh, having a, a leadership background and having discipline, they helped me get into my current job, which is at Noble Nordisk Pharmaceuticals. Um, it was a veterans program where they allowed um, us to get a preference in the interview in the interviewing stage. We still had to interview, but we were given the opportunity to interview wherever there. So. Um, that that was major for me, and that actually that transition changed my whole life. Um, that's what made me move to Clayton, North Carolina, um, where I was able to make more money than I was in Virginia. Um, my opportunities came, which enabled me to use my VA, which is another benefit. My VA loan <laughs> helped me um, buy my first house. Um, I did it by myself because um, at the time I was going through a divorce, and. Um, those two things alone helped me out tremendously. Uh, the job placement at my job, um, they uh, like to hire veterans, and the VA loan helped me get my first home. And it was a very easy transition. It's similar to buying a car, but the banks are more involved. And um, those two things are awesome. The military helped me out with that, and as well as uh, giving me discounts, um, with my insurance um, that I have uh, with my with, with my kid, uh, the separate insurance I have, the life insurance uh, for both of my daughters. I have an older daughter as well, and um, that helps out a lot. Uh, with me being a veteran, that's one of the major benefits. Is like, hey, we offer a veterans discount for your car insurance, for your health insurance, for your life insurance. So, those are awesome benefits because it saved me hundreds of dollars and um let me see is uh, a few other things but those are the majors yeah. so reggie let me ask you real quick so what advice 
would you give to anyone who's thinking about going into our armed forces? I'm going to tell you like this. Um, I would tell them, and, and, and it goes back to the subject that we are, talk to a veteran, um, such as myself, such as, you know, if they have a parent or anybody that's ever been in, talk to them and ask them, um, one, the pros and cons, and also and the pros and cons of being in and if it's right for them. Um, it, it was perfect for me. And what I would tell somebody is to, before you join, try to get in some type of shape because boot camp <laughs> is going to kick your butt. It's going to be an eye-opening transition because in, in the regular world, it's, oh, you're tired. Oh, have a seat. Oh, you're not feeling good. Oh, stay home today. Military? No. You're not feeling good? Suck it up. You're tired? Suck it up. I'm sorry. You know, you don't like eating what we're cooking? Sorry, you're going to, you're going to be hungry for the night. So it's, it's, everything is uh, provided for you, and if you don't want it, tough. And if you can deal with that, you can deal with being in the military. But that's uh, one of the things I would tell them. You just try to get in shape a little bit. Also, I would tell them um, before they join to do their research on which service they actually wanted to join. Um, I was in the Army myself. Um, Air Force tends to be more laid back. A lot, of, a lot more people join the Air Force that were, um, I, I would like to say, college-esque type students. You know, like uh, we call it the chair force. I, know, I don't know if you heard that you um, expression. You must have opened up a Mm -mm. Uh, I'm just saying. Pause. Just saying. <laughs> we call the Air Force Not the Chair that. Force because because a lot of the jobs in the Air Force were non-combative unless you were a fighter pilot or a few. They have a few other um, jobs, and get the Army, which is kind of well-rounded. The Marines is a lot of combat, and the Navy tends to at the time now. Now this was back in the '90s. The Navy tend to have the more lazier service members, what we called it, Ooh. because they didn't, because they didn't require, at the time, they didn't require a full PT test. So you can get in and gain all the weight you want and be just fine. fine. When, I'm just saying. When in the um, Army, it was kind of like, okay, if you... And the Marines, if you gain a certain amount of weight, they get on you. They do extra PT. They make sure you at a certain weight uh, in comparison with your height and age. And if not, they put you in the program. If you don't pass the program, they transition you out. I, I just want to say <clears throat> that is the view of Specialist Parker over there. <laughs> I will definitely say um, shots fired. Um so if y'all, if you definitely um, have a rebuttal to uh, to our to Specialist Parker over there, um, be sure you guys dial in that number five six three nine nine three zero two eight or hit him at his um, his Instagram, Instagram that's on our page. Do not DM us talking about, but uh, what about this? I just want to <laughs> put that out there, put that disclaimer out there. Um, and I will say this. I, I will say this. Just to add a disclaimer, I love all my service members, and it's an inside joke between service members, and they all will know what I'm talking about. But um, 
I love all my service members. We all work together whenever there's a situation. We all depend on each other. It's just we all have inside jokes. I'm sure there's some jokes about the Army that they, that they will say, and Marines, they call them, quote-unquote, jarheads. I know y'all heard that before. So with that being said, um, I love all my members. Salute to all of them that served. If you served three years or 23 years, you're still a veteran. You're still a important part of United States history, and you will have everlasting memories that will never go away. Um, I'm sure Sunny has a, a rebuttal for you. Um, <laughs> I heard it in her voice. <laughs> hey, I'm saying don't don't come for the Air Force now, okay? <laughs> it's not easy being on top. <laughs> you know what? I, I heard that several times, but um, you know. It's, it's the ground and pound that wins the war. Now, now, know? guys, we we do have our young sippers out there. Now, 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 now. <laughs> I definitely, no, but um, I I totally agree. Like all of our service members collectively, we appreciate you and the work that you put in. It is not easy, and everybody's not called to do it. So thank you for answering the call, and thank you for keeping us safe when we don't even know we're in danger. So yeah. I do before before we um, close out this this section of the show, I do have a question. Um, this one's actually coming from one of our sippers out there um, that just asked this. So how do you feel the military prepared you to handle the current state of our nation? Um, that's a that's a that's a good question. Now, that's a good question. I'm, I'm going to tell you both sides of it, all right? Born and brought up, I was raised to be a Democrat because my parents were Democrats. My mother, my father, my stepfather, all Democrats. I was explained that Democrats were there to help people that was less fortunate, but I don't think that they informed me everything they knew correctly, but I went with that. Now, in the military, okay, military... And Republicans go hand in hand. I'm going to tell you why. Republicans usually are for war. Um, They don't shy away from war. And they don't, um, whenever it's time to get something done, the Republicans back a Republican president, and they're like, cool, let's do it. We're going to war. Boom. Now, in a wartime situation, us military guys get paid a lot of money. We get um, what they would call, um, well, we called it a danger pay, but basically you get paid for being in a wartime situation because your life expectancy kind of goes down. You know, you, you may get hurt or shot or some type of injury happen to you a lot faster than you would be in the States. So it's a two-way street. Now, you could get hurt doing all of this, but in return, your compensation is very high, and a lot of service members really appreciate the money. They come back home, and they got a lot of money saved up, unless, you know, their spouses or whatnot is taking care of business for them. But you make a lot more money than you do. And depending on which president you pick, for example, when I was in, it was during the Clinton era. Now, Bill Clinton is Democrat. Unfortunately, when I was in, he stopped letting people join, and he restricted rank. So I wasn't able to transition into my E4. I had to wait about another eight months because he stopped all the promotions because it saved money. 
They cut money on defense. Republicans raise money on defense. They, they like to pay the armed forces for new technology and new ways of handling their business. The Democrats would rather cut money on defense and have and say that we're good, we're not trying to fight, everything's cool. So depending on who the president is affects the military heavily, big time. Well, we have a actual, we've got a sipper actually on the line who is wanting to either ask a question or answer a question. So we're going to bring them in. Hello, sipper. How are you doing tonight? Hello, sipper. Are you there? Sipper, are you there? Okay. Well, we'll try again in a little bit. Um, and I agree. I definitely agree that, um, it does affect, I think that who, which, um, I think it, it plays a huge role in how things are, um, how our military is ran depending on the president, um, and depending on the administration and who's picked for what position. Um, I definitely will say, I feel, um, outside looking in that, uh, you know, President Obama, the the President Obama administration, eight years of President Obama and the what they did as an administration as far as, you know, not having such a huge military presence. I believe, I don't know what the specific numbers were. Um, like I said, y'all can Google me and fact check me later, but there was a significant decrease under the Obama administration from coming from Bush Jr.'s administration on the, the amount of decrease that they did for bringing um, our servicemen and women home um, from a lot of people who were deployed or stationed, um, especially in our in Iraq or in other um, countries, it I, it was such a I, I wish I could I had the number written down, but it was such a huge significance on the amount of people they brought home. And I'm hoping that with this administration, that it's the same. I'm surprised we did not go to war under y'all president under 45s. Um, administration and I think another four years we possibly could have been in a in a deeper state of going to war having more deployments happen um, under the four years so hopefully with this this new administration that's going to come in with president-elect Biden and um, vice president-elect Harris coming in hopefully they will be able to um, appoint some fresh um, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Some fresh appointments into um, these different uh, these different um, defense positions that will be beneficial for our servicemen and women and for our veterans. And hopefully, we will see some of those programs and some of those tax breaks and some of those different policies that this current administration did take away. Hopefully, we'll see that back, if not more um, support and aid to those programs and to the funding of those programs. I do know a lot of a lot of programs. Were, were cut. A lot of the funding programs were cut. So I'm hoping we don't see a decline in that. Hopefully we will see progression under this new administration. Um, and uh, if you don't mind, I have a question. If you don't mind. Sure. Okay. And this question is, is for both you guys. Um, is there a reason that you guys decided to go in or to not go in the armed services, being that I hear that you guys' as parents were in? or something like that, or, or maybe your spouse, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know your situations, but is there a reason that you guys decided not to go in? 
That's a good military. question. <laughs> I'll let Sunny go first. <laughs> sure. Sunny in the well, Sunny um, in the evening. Sure. <laughs> well, I I went to school on military base. I went to school on Lackland. Um, while my dad was still active duty, even though I begged for many, many years to transfer. And our sophomore year, everyone had to take the ASVAB. So we did. And as a result of that, I received many, many phone calls from Navy recruiters. And I just remember they called one day and my dad answered the phone and they asked to speak to me. He said, she's not available and don't call here again. And he said, you are, he said, you are not going into the military, that I want something more for you. And additionally, aside from that, you know, of course, my father's in the military. I've had uncles, great uncles that were in the military. I've had many friends that were in the military. And I came to the conclusion, and then also, you know, kind of growing up on Lackland, which is an Air Force training base, and like you said, being in, being in the emergency room when um, some of the airmen are in there because, you know, they can't breathe, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, they're passing out or dehydrated or whatever, and like you said, you kind of have to suck it up. And that's what their CEO was telling them, like, suck it up. Like, you're not sick. And I'm just like, oh, no, Tiffany's not about that life. I can't handle it. I was all nailed sorry, in high uh, heels. You said who was not about that life? <laughs> Sonny was not about that life. Dang, I was okay, all nailed, was nailed in high heels. And no. And then additionally, I also have scoliosis. So I know that would probably hinder me potentially going into the military, so I just decided to shift my way into education. <laughs> okay, okay, understandable. So for my family, <clears throat> it was for particularly, I come from a family of, my father was in the military, my mother um, also was in, the, was in the reserves, my aunt Louise, my aunt Bunchy, my aunt Tia, my cousin, uh, my uncle Kenny, um, also my cousin, shout out to my cousin, um, Jocelyn McNair, shout out to her because she's currently in the, uh, the service. Um, and also to my second cousin, um, Tanika as well. Um, thank you to both of you. Thank you for tuning in and listening as well. Um, and for your sacrifice and service. Um, but for my, for my father and mother, it was either college or military. Um, that's what we grew up as understanding and knowing that that it was either one or the other. Um, and for me, my route was going to college. Um, I thought about for a little while after having my kids, I was in the situation of being divorced and having two young kids and thinking possibly maybe during um, the reserves would be well, but I didn't follow through with that because I had to give up. I was informed that I would have to give up um, rights to my kids. And that was not something that I was willing to sacrifice. Um, and I also just watching the military and, and being from a military family, I saw the sacrifice that it took. And, and I'm just not that person. Um, I, I definitely see the 
the good side of being in the military because had it not been for the military and my family being the military, we would probably be in a different situation. I would not have had the upbringing and the life that I did have. Um, we were able to, my, my family was stationed in Germany for several years. So we were able to see, you know, the country and see other countries and visit other countries that we would not have had that opportunity um, to travel. I don't think I would have my love for travel that I have now um, if it had not been for the military. Um, I don't know what my life would have been if my father and mother had not served in the military. Um, I think that's true for a lot of my cousins and family. Um, the military provided provided for us. So it just was not my calling, I feel, to be um, servicemen. Now, I, I have been um, a spouse of a, of a Navy man, um, a serviceman and woman. So I've seen all sides of it and it just wasn't college was just, was my route. Um, it, it was no major thing to say, not until I got older to say, okay, no, that's not for me. Um, it, it could have been, but it just, in, in our household, it was either one or the other. So if you wasn't going to college, then, Hey, you were going to go to the military to help you go to college. Um, to complete college. So I think it was a means to an end, and I just chose the other. Um, I, I think it takes, like I said, we keep saying it's a great sacrifice for those who are who do take that route. Um, and it, I think I don't, I don't want people to take away from this show and feel like we're downing the servicemen and women or downing the military forces or armed forces. Definitely not that. We are huge supporters of our armed forces. Um, because again, there would be no tea with Mo for Sonny and I had it not been for our family serving in the military. Um, so again, shout out to all of our military servicemen and women deployed locally. Um, I mean, stateside, non-state, our servicemen and women. And I think it even goes further back to those who served um, during Vietnam, those who served um, in the Desert War, those who served World War One, Two, those who are just serving in, those who have served in the Iraq War, um, thank you to all of them, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We can't say thank you enough because we, what would democracy be if we did not have our servicemen and women fighting for us? Um, what would our, what would our lives as as African Americans be in the service had it not been for those who, for those veterans who went for us? Um, so, and what would it be without those families? Um, we'll have another show topic sometime soon on, you know, service on, on being, um, on families, on service, servicemen and women's and their families, because it's not just the servicemen and women. It's also the families who are here at home who are affected by those choices and those decisions, um, as well. So I hope that answers your question. Not to be long with it. <laughs> you answered it to the fifth power, and um, I appreciate it. I like to ask folks that um, a lot of my friends and family members and, and, and the people that's under me just to get their perspective because I know everybody has their reasons, and I don't down or praise either one. I'm just glad that um, I'm happy that I served. I'm glad that I, you know, I, I did my commitment. I do feel that um, every young man that's willing and able should 
attempt to join the service. It lays down a great foundation. Um, I know we talked a lot of negativity, but I'm going to give some positive notes um, And as women. Well. Young women. Let's throw that out I wasn't finished. I wasn't finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, the, the point I was going to make is I do feel that every young man, especially, and or woman, willing and able, and I got to say, I got to add that part because some people aren't physically able to do it, um, should join the military. Um, it lays down a great foundation. Um, it starts, it's a great kickstart to life. You're still young. If you decided to do a single term and get out, you're still young. You're still like in your early 20s. You have some money in your pocket. You have the GI Bill to help support your college. Um, you're able to buy you a home as soon as you get um, financial able. And you have that veteran status that gives you slight advantages um, here and there and discounts on many, many things. And you are just a disciplined soldier for life. So I salute all the soldiers once again. And um, I really, really appreciate this interview. Um, I, like I said, I can go on and on all day long. But, um, you know, I'm not going to kill you guys. But I really, really appreciate this because I've never been asked questions except for how much they make. And why did you get out? That's all I get asked, the same two questions. So um, I salute you guys as well because the biggest, the, the, one of the biggest things that help us out as soldiers is is the support. And you guys were showing a lot of support by being a spouse and or by being a family member of a military um, personnel. So that's a big shout out to you guys as well. Well, I we're gonna we're gonna take our last music break, but before we do. And we, we go ahead and let, let you get out of here. Do you have any shout-outs, any final words, or anyone you want to shout-out or say anything to on this Veterans Day? Mainly, um, the first person is my mother's husband. His name is James Jefferson. He was Sergeant James Jefferson. He, um, he's the one that influenced me to join. Um, he was a soldier. Uh, I watched him go to boot camp and send pictures home and do everything. So... At this moment, I'm just going to shout him out because he laid down the foundation. He let me know the, the pros and cons of joining, and he supported every move that I ever made. And um, salute to him, and um, salute to you guys as parents, too, because without them, you guys wouldn't be talking to me right now. That is true. Thank you. And I, I definitely will say thank you on behalf of them. Um, but I, I do want to um, – I do want to say thank you so much to you for coming on the show and actually, you know, taking the time and being flexible. Like I said, we were supposed to do this on Sunday, but that was on me. So uh, family emergency happened. So I want to say thank you for being flexible and taking the time away from your babies to come and talk with us on this topic. And, and it made it even more special, I think, because it is Veterans Day and I um, again, say thank you to you for your service. I hope that you had a great, great day. Um, and we are excited, and this won't be the last time we have you on. We have to come back and figure out some other topics we can talk about, but I think we have had a great conversation um, in regards to in in regards to this. So, um, but um, Sunny, any final words before we go to our last music break? No, I think you just about covered it. 
All right. Well, guys, we are going to take a music break. Reggie, again, thank you so much. We hope you stick around for the rest of the show. We appreciate you. And, again, thank you so much for your service. We'll be right back, guys. Thanks. I hope you find your way. Sorry we couldn't make it. Till I miss you anyway, yeah. I just grew and couldn't break it. How I wish perfect was enough for my own heart. Sometimes I swear it was enough for my own heart. I guess I wait another. show we've had such an awesome show i can't every time we do the show i'm like man we're not gonna go full two hours and then we do 
then we end up going the full two hours. Um, I think that this show was a great show as always. I think the conversation was an awesome conversation and a much needed one. Um, You know, not all of our topics are going to be serious or going to be fun. Some of them are serious. And I think that this is definitely a topic that needed to be had and that needs to be had a lot more given a lot more. Um, so we don't have a product of the week. We're actually going to double back and feature our product of the week that we were supposed to have, which is Pecan Heaven. We're going to actually have her interview on um, Sunday show, which is entitled The Turkey Duck, Gobble Gobble Ham. Um, we are going to have <laughs> when, I, when I saw that one, I was like, that's funny. Um, we are going to have um, MPC athlete and fitness model, Sheena on the line. She is the owner of we to be fitness. Um, her Facebook and Instagram is at we be to fitness. Um, you guys can check her out. Our flyer for that show is going to come out tomorrow. We will be doing that show on time. God willing, <laughs> we will be back on our regular schedule on Sunday, um, at 4 PM central standard time, 5 PM Eastern standard time. Um, make sure you guys check us out. Make sure you guys check out the blog, um, our blog section on our website, um, which is under at the T with Mo. It is under um, Mo's Corner or the T. This episode is going to be available on SoundCloud tomorrow, actually probably tonight, but tomorrow just to be on the safe side. Um, you guys can also listen and check us out on iTunes. If you've missed any of the shows, go back and listen. Um, subscribe, add some comments, let us know what you think of the topic. If there are any future topics that you guys like and want to hear, hit us up. Let us know. You guys already know what the uh, social media is. We've said it time and time again. Um, it's at the Tea with Mo. Pretty simple. If you have not liked or subscribed to our page, please do. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, so this week for our final sip, um, it, it was going to be for last week, but this week the final sip is my VP is a black woman. <laughs> Congratulations again to President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris. And thank you again to all of our servicemen and women. Um, We hope you've had a blessed Veterans Day. Um, Again, replay this episode if you need some of the different organizations that we talked about um, for services for either if you are a veteran and need help, and then if you are wanting to give back, definitely go reach out to some of those organizations or just Google in your um, your local city on how you can help the best way we can sometimes time is the best way to give in this especially in this COVID time money is not always available so if that's not available give your time um make sure you choose something to volunteer at um during this holiday season um but I mean that's all I got I was gonna do the get it off your chest but I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait I'm gonna I'm gonna pack it in for the wind down that's going to be one. Um, but, yeah, I think that's about it. Anything else? You got any church announcements, honey, you want to talk about anything? <laughs> no. Um, I think we're good. I mean, I hope everybody has enjoyed their Veterans Day, especially if you were one of the few that was able to have today off. Um, yeah. And just, you know, salute and thank you to all our veterans out there and uh, the active duty members, um, the babies that have just came in 
to the military and just starting on their journey. Shout out to my little brother, Sherell Kirkwood, who is in the UK right now. But that's about it. London trip coming. <laughs> um, I know, well, right? I was telling him. For real. Um, and as always, guys, just remember that when the tea gets too hot, let it cool down. We'll see y'all on Sunday. I was going to say next week, but we'll see y'all on Sunday. Y'all be safe out there.